Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. So today we've got a guest. We we actually have a returning guest. He came back from the dead. Of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so Tristan, would you like to introduce our guest? We have uh, Andrew here. You may remember him from the Why Is Anime Popular podcast. Mm-hmm. And because he's so multi-talented, we're going to have him talk about anime again. Yeah. Uh, I, I have very few talents. <laughs> All of them are anime. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is Yu-Gi-Oh, which counts as... It's Japanese. Yeah. And there's pictures. Uh-huh. That's what an anime there, is, right? I mean, you are not objectively wrong. <laughs> You're okay. not quite right. So the, the discussion today, I, I guess it'll be less of an argument and more of a discussion um, the last oh, one was kind of an, an argument. I mean, we can argue if you want, but uh, we're going to be talking about sub versus dub in terms of anime. So that would be, for those who don't know, I don't know why you would have clicked on this, but uh, subtitles <laughs> in anime, you know, reading the text, like reading the dialogue, or that's been dubbed over by English people so you can actually understand what's happening. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we just go to it. Who Who's on what side? Uh, I am on the dub side. Okay. And I can put my argument in a very concise and simple way right now. All right. Dubs are fine. You're all just weebs. Thank Andrew, you. Andrew, go ahead. I, I almost thought you were going to say, I can't read. <laughs> okay. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> my illiteracy is not what we're debating right now. It's anime. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Where are you standing? Um, I, I actually like the subs better. I, I'm more of a, like... I wouldn't use the word, the term purist. I just, I mean, you know, also weeb, but I don't know. It, to me, it's just, it feels weird to have something that was made by Japanese people being like shouted over by Americans and, you know, people that speak English. It seems like we've deviated too far from the source there. And I, I just like, I would rather read it. Um, but also, a little bit of background, I guess. I do watch movies a lot of times with subtitles on. I don't know. I'm that annoying person that likes to do that. So maybe that's just me, but that's what I prefer. I would say if I had to pick a side, I'm kind of in the middle on this one, honestly. For me, it's quality of the sub versus the dub as opposed to whether or not it's in English or Japanese as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's some anime that I definitely prefer in English. I mm-hmm. think just the quality of the dub, the voice acting is infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are some where it's the polar opposite. And uh, yeah. to go ahead, I'll come back to them later, but throwing out examples. Uh, if you asked me to watch a Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, for example, in English or Japanese, I would watch it in Japanese because when it's localized, the audience has changed. So its intent is entirely changed. Okay. Whereas if you ask my favorite anime of all time, Cowboy Bebop... I will watch it in English in a heartbeat. I think just the voice acting quality as a whole is 30 million times better in English than it is subbed in general. Okay. So I think for me, it really depends on quality. But to pick a side for the sake of this episode, I would I would lean towards subbed at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it basically, it depends emoji. is your answer. Surrounded. Yes. Uh, okay. Realistically, I'm going to be that hard maybe guy. Okay. Which nobody <laughs> likes. But I, I respect Radicalized that. centrism. <laughs> Whoa! But I, I don't know. I guess, um, you know, I, I guess I already stated my thing. It's it's hard to argue about this, basically. But I guess we're we're done yeah. for the day. Should we just turn this off? I don't know. Yeah, we did a good job, guys. I don't. I don't, don't want to be. 
I don't know if me and my poop emoji want to be associated with weeaboos anymore. But <laughs> you can leave if you'd like. The door's over me? there. Oh, so, weeaboo? Tristan. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. personal attack. I'll, I'll give you that. Sometimes a dub is bad. Yeah. Like Goblin Slayer was an anime that was all right, and it had a it had a dub that was not all right. It was pretty bad. I thought especially the voice for the main character just didn't fit the character. Mm-hmm. Fine. Whatever. But there are subs that are bad as well. The Dragon Ball Z sub is just awful, especially for Goku. I swear to God, if I have to hear one more time, my eardrums are just going to start bleeding. I still think the one that gets me is um, Black Clover. I despise Black Clover. Anyone, anyone who likes it, you can roast me in the comments. I will come to your house, and I will challenge you to a fight. But it's the protagonist. They changed the Japanese voice actor. Like halfway through the show. Oh no, I like, hate that. I, I no. think that's. I don't. Th- I think that falls outside of the bounds of subs or dubs being bad. That was just a poor decision on the studio's yeah. part. Yeah, it's yeah. they. They literally. It's still not great. It's one where his Eng- the main character's English voice is a considerably more, well, I think to the character than mm-hmm. the loud screeching that we received, <laughs> and it was. And it wasn't like, like, I don't say that in a meme way. I say the character would just yell a lot. And it was just this aggressively high-pitched sound that just mm-hmm. did not hit the ears well in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, it, well, um, I guess, yeah, it, it's just like a, it's a dependent thing because I, but most of the time I do watch the subs just to, but if I had ever come across something, because I'm not a big anime fan. Like we talked about this in the last time we did this podcast. I'm probably, yeah, I know the least about anime in, in this group. Um, but for me, it's Fucking like I'm, I'm sort of a normie when it comes to anime, I guess. Um, Filthy gaijin. Yeah, that's me. But um, <laughs> for for just the few that I watch, it would be always subs for me. But uh, I've also heard the argument for dubs being that, but I guess this would be a, a, a context thing, like for a specific, like if you're focusing on something else, if you're like, um, I don't know, washing dishes or something, and you, you don't have time to actually read but I feel like I would want to be like, especially in something I'm definitely invested in, I would want to be looking at the screen anyways. So that's not really an argument for me. But if it's for someone that wants to go through an anime that's like they're busy with something, you know, et cetera, then I can see that being an argument like they want it playing in the background. They want to be able to hear what's going on, you know. And to be fair as well, not every single person. There are going to be people who have trouble actively have trouble trying to read and watch the show or keep up with one and the other. So, like, there are cases where, like, it's just easier to watch it dubbed regardless of overall quality in general. Mm-hmm. But I think a big thing for me, an argument I would make, this is going to be this is going to be kind of me leaning in the pro, the pro sub category here. Okay. Is I think when things are localized, it's a matter of keeping intent. Uh, what was intended to be conveyed, which is something that good dubs maintain. Uh, this isn't necessarily like an anime sub versus dub, but a great example of localization just in the genre as a whole. I'll throw out the Ace Attorney games. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a situation where I need to keep the original intent of my joke or some manner of pun when localizing this character. Because if I literally translate this, it's going to make literally zero sense. Mm-hmm. Like Phoenix Wright's name in, in like Japanese, I can't remember his last name, Naruhodo, stands for OIC. Mm-hmm. So you can't really name a character OIC because well, I'm like that's not a name. Yeah. So you have to, and I think the biggest thing is if a, if the dub can keep intent, 
then you're fine. But it can be difficult in some situations, especially when localizing like cultural references or jokes. Mm-hmm. You could have trouble like literally translating these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so there there are two things that I want to get into, and that's where I really this is where I really draw the line at a uh, dubs for subs. It is kind of a personal thing, but I'll try to make it as objective as possible. And the two things are inorganic dialogue and imagery with reference to the text. So start with the inorganic dialogue because that's the one that I uh, it annoys me more often. I can remember uh, one of the first animes that I was ever recommended. The first one that I ever really watched was called Blue Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good show and it's set in a a world that's in a similar time period to ourselves. If you've ever watched a, a fantasy movie, like a medieval show, you'll mm. notice that they speak differently. But your suspension of disbelief uh, with reference to the inorganic dialogue, is it's fine because they're in a different time period. You can understand that. But mm. when it comes to anime, uh, I don't know this for sure, but I, had, I believe it has something to do with culture, Japanese culture conflicting with American culture. They do the best they can to make the subtitles easy to understand for American people. But there is still a lot of dialogue to me that just feels inorganic. It's, I watch Blue Exorcist specifically, and these are kids who are in modern times, they have technology and everything, and they're speaking in such an obtuse way. It's, yeah, they are exorcists, but one of them wasn't even an exorcist until the show had just started. Presumably, he had been living a normal life for mm. most of his time being alive. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why he should be speaking in such a way that's so foreign and alien to me. And Well, I do so, understand why. It's because he's Japanese. They have a different way of speaking and talking. But I, when I you try to translate too, that from Japanese to English, it doesn't always uh, sound good. It sounds The dialogue just sounds very inorganic. You listen to this, these things that the people say. It's like pe- normal people don't speak like that. This is ridiculous, and it's over the top in a way that... That just isn't uh, enjoyable. Like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a show with very over-the-top dialogue, very over-the-top blocking and stuff like that. But it's a show about people with psychic superpowers that manifest themselves as jacked luchadors punching each other. So you can understand that. But when it comes down to the more simple parts, like the guy in Blue Exorcist who was just a normal teenager up until he met Satan, it's just a kid who talks weird. There's a thing, too, where I have, like, two points slightly. I think just sometimes that weirdly stilted inorganic dialogue, it's a thing with shounen anime as a whole. It's very... I feel it's a very weird part of the genre, but, it's like, it's, you have this protagonist who ha- who speaks and, like, like no person would speak. I, I don't mm-hmm. walk around every single day and tell my best friend, hey, I'm going to be freaking Hokage. What about you, dog? <laughs> uh, it's just you don't? shonen protagonist. <laughs> I, okay, you got me. Naruto run to class, boys. Uh, I, live next, I live next to you for like a semester, Andrew. We know what's really going on here. <laughs> Oof. Uh, but, you, um, but I think the big thing, too, is the point that, that kind of what the argument that Tristan made, I would tie it back to to. Uh, keeping intent you are able to not necessarily change i'm going to put that in quotes the dialogue but you can rewrite the words to maintain the original intent of the dialogue while letting it flow more naturally that's part of the reason why i'm a big fan of cowboy bebop stuff is because you're not literally translating it but you are maintaining the same original intent with the dialogue with dialogue that flows more realistically in english Mm mm-hmm 
I was going to bring that up too. The fact that like I've noticed, especially like, but it something I've seen that's very common is that they'll like explain something that's going on, and like they like you know it's like oh no something 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 and like no one ever does that in real life so that's something that's yeah. like a a very unrealistic thing like it's, if the house is burning down no one's like wow the house is crumbling to pieces it's all gonna fall down <laughs> i think that's just like an- weird anime dro- tropes yeah. in general it's like i think they're part of it now i think it's just like tradition as opposed to actually trying to write it realistically i think like you can't not as far as the medium goes, kind of exaggerate some things a little bit. I think that super heavy emphasis on expository dialogue, oh, the house is burning down, it's crumbling to pieces, it might come from the manga. That Because when you read a manga, it doesn't have moving images that you can right. actively follow. and ha- They have uh, kinetic force and blocking and action. You're just you're reading still panels, and that doesn't always translate super well to something as fluid as a, a fight or something like a fire. Of course, there mm-hmm. are manga artists that are extremely proficient at that sort of thing. Uh, a yeah. big one that I can think of off the top of my head was whoever made Dragon Ball, especially in his early work. He was really good at showing the flow of combat, the flow of a fight. As, something, but, as an artist, that's something Toriyama is very, very good at. Exactly. And uh, when, But when you do it in anime, when you have moving images, you just have s- the artist just has so much more to work with than the manga illustrator. It's not that the manga illustrator can't do it. It's just that he's coming from just a position where it's just so much harder to do that, that it could just help readers along that maybe aren't super good at picking up on the subtle artistic cues that the manga illustrator is trying to put out. Mm -hmm. Uh, He puts in that expository dialogue, so it's just a little easier to figure it out, a little easier to see. You know, a lot of manga is aimed towards children, and, you know, children aren't always the most intellectually sophisticated people. I was, but that's not the point. Uh, (laughs) They're not always most intellectually sophisticated people. And they might not be able to follow something as subtle as a manga illustrator's actionable kinesthetic cues. So it's a little easier to put in that character, the Speedwagon character, that just kind of helps you along. Is that a narrator kind of deal? I think for me, I think too, is I think that's why I like what I love about JoJo. It's because Jojo, while understanding that it's an anime and using that to its advantage, but considering it's kind of like for the comedy of it, it maintains all that expository dialogue while also forcing in all of the cues that that a mangaka uses when they're trying to convey sound or action. For example, like just the vague Japanese text that says menacing in the background, like that the, the, the yeah, manga funny. and the anime both share together. <laughs> like it's, I think that. <clears throat> And I think this is a big thing too when you're dubbing. When you're dubbing is something over is you have to consider, again, what is intended in this scene? How do I convey the same emotion in this scene? And I think that a big factor in whether or not a dub succeeds is I think just how, I think the quality of the voice acting is probably it. Uh, how well can a character, does your voice carry emotion? Do you, how are, how are you recording? How are you getting into character? How are you experiencing it? Because I think that is very incorrect to give somebody a like a script and say, you're reading this if they haven't watched or don't have context for what they're in character for. Because yeah. I know there have been dubs and like of games and stuff in the past too where they literally just hand the voice actor a script and say, you're going to figure this out. And they go, mm-hmm. okay. 
Yikes. Like I love me I love me some Kingdom Hearts to death. I mm-hmm. love those games to death. But you can tell that they still have especially in English, those lines of dialogue where they did not record with multiple people people in the studio at a time. Mm-hmm. That they recorded one person at a time and cut everything together. So there's always like a pause, like a very brief pause between <laughs> characters interacting with each other and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and the the second thing uh, that I wanted to talk about was imagery. I don't think I'm very special in this. I like to look at a pretty picture. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do too. When I watch a movie, I like to look at how they set up the scenes, uh, how they set up the props and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy trying to see what the director's really going for. I really like watching uh, a good anime, which is a good TV show in general, where the directors take the just that little extra time to put a scene or a shot together in a nice uh, aesthetic way. And when, because I'm not the best reader, all right? English is my second language. There aren't a lot of Spanish dubs. I'm not the best reader. When I have to read the dialogue going on, I constantly have to flip my eyes from up and down. And it's very annoying because I either read it too fast and the character, because it takes longer to talk than it does to read, right. especially when the words are already superimposed on the screen, the whole thing. It's, it's very annoying when I either read way too quick or way too slow. And it's just like, I either have to rewind a little bit or I have to wait on it, and then I only have so long to actually study the image and try to see what the, what's really going on there, especially, mm. especially in scenes with like a lot of motion and stuff, where like a, a Studio Ghibli movie where someone's falling through the air. As people, somehow people always tend to fall in Studio Ghibli movies. I don't know what's going on there, but... <laughs> especially when that happens and when there's uh, superimposed text on it, then I can't really look at all the things that they're trying to do without going back and looking through it, just trying to remember what the text says, and I don't speak any Japanese whatsoever. So it's it's very annoying for me to try to focus on both the text and the image and then move my eyes back and forth. I want to be able to take in the whole shot. I feel Every, that too. Yeah, all of it. And just be able to look at it and just be able to admire and uh, try to uh, almost, I like to think of it as like a learning kind of deal because it's something that I like l- learning about a lot. I like learning about movies. I like learning about the techniques that they use to set up things that I think are good. And then I like to learn, it's like, this is good. Well, why is it good? Yeah. And how do they make it good? And how do they use these techniques? And I, I like to do that. And it's harder to do that or just more annoying to do that when I also have to focus on reading instead of just right. hearing it. That's that's and, actually, yeah, that's a good argument against subtitles in general, actually, because it is something I noticed because, like I said, I do watch them with movies that are actually in English sometimes, and it is like, especially in comedies, I get this, where you you read it before the joke has been delivered, and it, yeah. it ruins Ugh. basically the whole, like, because of an important part, Tristan knows he does some stand-up sometimes, the the whole like the most important part probably is the inflections of your voice the delivery, it's the delivery. Yeah. yep yeah so like and you ruin that when you when you get into when you read it off the page you know it's not meant to be not page off the screen it's not meant to be read it's meant to be heard so it does kind of I ruin think, things in that way and, and just as well I think the my, counterpoint oh, really quick sorry my, to talk over you but I think the counterpoint yeah. I would make there just for anime as a whole when you're watching it in Japanese is as an English viewer, uh, regardless, I think, of whether or not you're watching a comedy or, oh, you're shown in battle anime or 
or isekai nonsense fest, whatever genre you're chilling in, uh, I think that a big thing is most Western anime viewers, I don't think, have, when they're watching anime, have the context for the cultural differences and how we speak. Right. And how things are delivered. Yeah. So it's not something you're immediately paying attention to, I mm-hmm. think. Whereas when you're watching something in English or in your own language, it's you have the cultural understanding of where the differences and how you speak are and how dialogue or how conversations occur. So, like, there are things that are probably intended as jokes or as, like, dramatic line readings in subbed anime that just go over our heads because we don't have the cultural frame of reference for them. Mm-hmm. We're just following the plot as it's going. Yeah. Actually, but- yeah, so right now we've reached the uh, mid-mark, so I'd like to have a little advertisement here that it's going to be led by Andrew, actually. So go ahead, Andrew. Oh. Yeah. Okay, it's me time. Yeah. All right, Andrew, again. go with the theme song. Do it. <laughs> uh, okay, so speaking of silly anime nonsense, uh, a friend of mine and I are starting a podcast of our own uh, about uh, for competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! I know, real adult hours in this house, but we're, um, uh, we're calling it the main phase, and what we want to focus on is, like, just the community as a whole, like community uh, reviewing new cards as they come out or, or announced and discussing the metagame shifts, uh, what's good, what's bad at the time, going over just kind of just the, the community as a whole, just kind of serving as like, I would say both an objective and subjective voice for the community, just kind of like gauging interest. And uh, But I appreciate uh, you guys letting me have a second to plug ourselves. Yeah, uh, no we'll... Uh, we're going to be getting started soon. Dean and I are still working out a lot of finer details. Hell yeah, okay. brother. I'll be uh, working on a Working on a logo right now. That's step two. Support mm-hmm. the boy. Yeah. So, so, well, support we'll, us support, too. And support these boys. Uh, don't worry. I'll, be, I'll give you guys some nice healthy plugs too because I've got to support my good boys. Thank you. That's appreciated. We need Hell all yeah. that we can get. So anyways, <laughs> back to anime. Whoa, okay. it's like so never left. I wanted, I wanted to make one last point on okay. what I said earlier with imagery and trying to uh, divide your attention between text and imagery. It's not just imagery, right? It's also audio. When you're looking at a scene and you're trying to, and you're trying to really study the imagery in a nice shot in anime, the audio <laughs> matters a lot too. There's a lot of work put into the sound design. And Japanese voice actors, what I've heard at least is that Japanese voice actors are held to much higher cultural regard than American voice actors. Being a, Jap- being a big Japanese voice actor is a lot like being a big movie star. It's, it has that level of fame and notoriety. As such, I think it'd be a little fair to say they're a little higher quality, maybe have a little bit of a higher standard for good voice acting. And I like that. I like the high quality, I like the good voice acting, and I want to really focus on that. But it's hard for me to too. focus and read it in English in my own head and then try to listen to it in Japanese in their own voice. That comes a lot, too, I think, because anime is now such a, like, I wouldn't say integral. It's not, like, the only thing they do, of course, but it's such a big phenomenon in Japanese culture and has only persisted. So yeah, anime, I think anime like, is a big is, deal now. Is, as an industry, it's held now to a much higher regard, so mm-hmm. the quality that you get that they emphasize on it has just gone up as its significance as a part of Japanese culture has gone up. Yeah. Anime is a big deal now, boys. It is. We in it to win it. I remember in 
like in middle school where saying you liked anime was like the biggest war crime for bullies in the world but now Definitely. like you say dude you see the latest that. episode of my hero and you're High school bullies, like, dude, yeah, it's so sick. Uh, yeah, like, Andrew, I would, it's a f- I would for sure have shoved you in a locker in middle school. That's fine. That's probably yeah. where I belonged anyway. <laughs> there still and is somewhat I, of a stigma around it. I'd say, like, yeah. um, there are a few people. Not de- it, times have definitely changed, though. I have noticed, but there is sort of a little bit ooh, anime, that kind of thing going on sometimes. <clears throat> I think a big thing for me with dubs for subs. I think there are. There are some instances where just the English voice acting is, like, the amount of emotion and, like, just delivery from the voice actor is so much better. Mm-hmm. A fantastic... The, his Japanese voice actor is phenomenal, but Christopher Sabat's All Might is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've heard it. I need to he look that up. really good. you never heard character. English dub All Might? It's no. So That's your favorite good. anime. How have you not? I'm a sub boy. I told you. God. Like, you're you're also talking to the guy who has no patience, and the moment I watch season one of, like, anything, I go online crawling hands and knees for the manga to have more. So <laughs> so I just read 30,000 years ahead of everything, and just mm-hmm. the anime for me just becomes, like, a bonus. What if we, what if we just segued right now into the manga versus anime argument, and we could split this in half? Can we can we really like compare them? They're just they're so different. Well, I, I think the big thing, yeah. the only way I think you can compare the two, like the biggest difference to me is that it really depends on is this a completed series in the manga check yes or no or is this ongoing check yes or no and I think that impacts. The reason there are filler arcs in anime mm-hmm. is or animes take their own unique direction away from where the manga is and like almost just have two different storylines mm-hmm. is because a, they're not f- one is not finished yet so as the author is writing he is he like the anime slowly catches up and now the anime has nowhere to go right so it has to divert and it either has the option to divert in a storytelling way or divert into arcs that are just kind of there for show and for fun uh i.e. see One Piece, which has some fantastically long but surprisingly fun filler arcs, why they're waiting so they can get back into canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing, is I think it's just, they are two very unique mediums to experience. I like them both, of course, but I think it's, I for me, with especially with My Hero, I, couldn't, I could not wait for more, the anime, so I just picked up right after All Might versus No Moo and just chugged. God, that was uh, such a good episode. And caught up. And it's it's really good in the manga, but then just I get the reward of something I really love that I read animated. And right. I get the reward of knowing that they're following the story of the manga correctly while with a couple scattered filler episodes, which frankly has not had many. And it's just kind of like becomes a bonus at that point. It really... I think a big thing it really determines... It's just your personal preference of how you want yeah. to experience a medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you prefer watching it or do you prefer reading it? And there are people who prefer either way, but I don't see a reason of like, if you read something, there's no harm in going back and watching it because you get to experience right. the same story in a very unique way, in a different, more unique way. Yeah, I'm weird in that I can, when I've read something, for example, I'm just in books, I'd say, like books that have been made into movies. If I've like watched the movie, then I don't 
read the book. But if I've read the book, then I definitely want to watch the movie to see if they did it right. And there's something, I think there's something in imagination that really plays into that, wherein, like, you're reading something, and yes, you have the pictures, but there's a lot missing there that you can fill in with your head. And whatever you fill in with your head is going to be the best thing that you've created for yourself. So from there, whatever they create, I don't think it's going to match up as well to what you've had in your imagination because that's what you yeah. personally prefer. Mm-hmm. So it's I think like that's... When you're, yeah. I think a big thing is I think you can always interpret, like the best example of this we can use is interpreting the Harry Potter books to movies. Right. You have... I remember when I saw The Sorcerer's Stone for the very first time as a kid, I saw the movie, and of course I've read the book, and I have this this childhood wonderment in my head of what I've seen, and it's very jarring to suddenly have someone else's interpretation of what they've seen put in front of you. Exactly. They're all wrong. Yes. And the thing is, and the thing is, you there are a lot of gray areas. I honestly think you could make a whole other episode about adapting Western, like hell, and Western media, like adapting from written to visual is just going it's impossible to adapt something perfectly i think that's the first thing you need to know is you're not going to be able to adapt something as it was perfectly intended aragon <coughs> excuse Oof. me sorry about do that. not please leave this house do not make me think about that movie that's that's thing. that's a weird movie i've never heard of that before so weird <laughs> don't don't do this to me i have feelings and sorry all of them are negative <laughs> But I, think I, I read the book, but you know, <laughs> never heard of that movie. But it's so uh, weird. I've uh, I've men in blacked that section from my memory. <laughs> but I think too, and it comes like town. I think I think you could tie that back to sub and dub too. It's like mm-hmm. again back to my original point of maintaining intent. Right. If you you can dub while keeping intent, the dialogue doesn't have. You don't have to literally translate. Which is impossible because literally translating creates in English just creates nonsensical sentences of words mashed mm-hmm. together that we have to modify anyway to make a coherent English sentence. Because if you do the same thing of literally translating an English sentence into Japanese, I'm just going to give a random Japanese stranger a nonsense bunch of symbols, and he goes, mm-hmm. "I really don't know what this what this man has given me." <laughs> so I think like, and I think where there are two dubs above others that I hold to like a very high standard that I think if I was going to tell somebody to watch them, Mm -hmm. I would tell them to watch them in English oversubbed any day of the week. Like I think that uh, Cowboy Bebop in English is phenomenal. It is one of, it is the best dub I've ever seen in my life in my opinion. It is, the emotion from the characters seems, feels better. Like the, the dialogue delivery is on point. Like, it's a very good translation, and it's a very good adaptation of, while maintaining all of the intent and storytelling, it is so good. Mm -hmm. The other is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I would definitely say watch in English. It's just like the voice acting is unbelievably on point. Mm -hmm. And just the voice, you can tell that the voice actors really got themselves into character. And it... And it, it, shows. it really just depends on the studio, I reckon. Right. It's that's a big factor. I think you're going to have studios that are going to put their voice actors to higher standards. You're going to have just voice actors, voice actors as freelance, who are going to put more effort into some roles. And I think that's why I just can't imagine being a voice actor and having to read what you were given without having experienced what you have been given. Mm-hmm. I think that's just got to be so hard to try and interpret a character you have no frame of reference for. 
Right. It'd be like paint a picture of the snow and you live in a desert. Like you don't even know the, the emotions behind it. You can't properly artistically represent that if you don't have any context Oof. for it. Like I, think I know, I know my emotions behind snow. I'm like, Oof. oh, fuck, it's snowing again. <laughs> well, I hate boom, the snow. So. <laughs> You're in mountain adventure, mountain town. So Yeah. yeah. It was a mistake. It'd be like that. I regret coming back to school. Don't go back to college, kids. <laughs> Imagine learning in the year of our Lord 2019. Absolutely Getting disgusting. a degree. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Nerd. Who's actually, say, who's actually done point. something with their degree here? I work at Target. <laughs> I work at a spa, so frankly, I can't really say much. <laughs> We're getting off topic here. Let's go freaking pranked. <laughs> oh, no, I've knocked over so, my support, support these guys' podcast. It's their last hope, fellas. <laughs> Please. I ask for nothing, and I'm still let down. <laughs> but I think, too, I think, like, this is really... Is this, like, a debate that has no there is no nothing objective about yeah, there's no the discussion like sub versus dub because i think you're gonna have the personal just the personal preference of the viewer you're gonna have like how do i like to consume media i think too i've watched dubs before where i'm like this is really bad like this is just very yeah. not a good dub but i've sat there and been like well i'm gonna watch it <laughs> i'm kind of busy while i'm doing this yeah and I'm, I'm trying to make time so i can stay on top of this so right. i'm watching it in english just, just so i I could turn at least half of my brain off. Just yeah. a nice little background noise. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. Like this podcast. I mean, I did. <laughs> hell, I did homework to C-SPAN when I was in high school just to have that white noise chilling in the background. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but it's just like you kind of get the idea. Of like you're also gonna have. I think it just. I also think another matter is how invested you are in it. Like, I think when you're really invested in a series, if you're watching it subbed, it's a lot easier, I think, to pay attention to both, like, as weird as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, when I'm, like, when I first got into My Hero and I was watching that, I could very, I think it might just be also because I've gotten really good at it, because I've been doing this for years, but just keeping my eyes moving in a way where I can quickly read and process what is being said while keeping my eyes on the action. Yeah. Um. It's... It really depends on just not everybody can do that though. Like yeah, I get that's that. True. Like that's now just imagine like a, you're a brainlet like me, and then <laughs> then you'll see my problems here. You do. You can miss a lot of things though. I, I have noticed that. Like sometimes I'll I'll miss something that was there visually because I was reading, especially if someone had a long line that they were saying. So I can see why that would be an argument against subs that Tristan brought up. I was thinking, since we could kind of diverge a little bit here, we could go towards um, these like live-action movies that they've been making recently. I think they were going to make a like you know, Death Note occurred, and then um, Death Note occurred is a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was what? There's like a new one that's I think I saw was in the works or something. What do you think about those, Andrew and and Tristan? Uh, I am not a big fan it's not that i think that they can't be good mm-hmm. uh there have been some cool anime movies before like live action adaptations like it's not that the the concept in itself is inherently bad it's i think a big factor comes down to just the quality the budget quality and dedication right for example not exactly an anime like traditional anime per se but 
Netflix is getting a live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series, and my first thought when I saw that is, no. oh, that could be anything. But oh, my, no. opinion, <laughs> my opinion shifted where it's the original creators are the ones who are doing everything. Yeah. Which is what made me like, okay, I'm kind of interested, actually, because it's you are working with the creative minds that brought the show into existence in the first place. Right. So they'll have more say over casting, they'll have more of a say over writing over just production in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Cowboy Bebop is getting one, and they cast a husky as Ayn, and that offended me. <laughs> Nothing against huskies. They're good boys. But imagine taking a, a character that is canonically a corgi and saying, large lad. <laughs> we need it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it. But large. Lar- bigger. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, you're really talking to really 50-50. I, I mm-hmm. see where they can be really good, and I th- but I think of it, it all comes in production. Yeah. The majority of them, I will say, have been terrible. And mm-hmm. it's just... And I have a thing, too, like, to, be this, to bring this up, too, is I think there's, it's a hard time, too, like when you were like... A story about Japanese people made for Japanese people mm-hmm. being suddenly interpreted by people in the West is very jarring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like casting too it's like ghost in the shell when i think of our mm. super cool japanese main character my first thought isn't ah oh, yeah scarjo <laughs> <laughs> uh but like you you get the idea i think it, there's when it, i think about scarlett johansson it's under a completely different context <laughs> but you get you kind of get my point there i think there's yeah yeah it's i think there's a thing where in casting it's really hard to interpret. There's some series where it doesn't matter, like fantasies that are not set in like a clear location where that's not a factor. Like where your main, you don't have to focus on kind of like the cultural aspects of your main character outside of the context of its own story. Yeah. And Whereas I think in something that's like Ghost in the Shell, where I think you have a very different circumstance, I think like it's very jarring just to see a random white lady up there being my main character going, huh, interesting. <laughs> Do you think that maybe they can go, like, when they do it, maybe they should go a little too far? Like, for example, um, the Detective Pikachu movie is, like, they're taking it and they're not going exactly in line. You know, they're straying way away from the original. So uh, do you feel like that's probably a better choice? I think in general, yes. Yeah, I think I it makes more sense to make it its own thing. I yeah. am hype as fuck for that stupid movie. Let me tell you, <laughs> that's going to be hilarious, and I know it. Let Pikachu is it's a PG thirteen movie. Pikachu is legally allowed to say fuck once. Let Pikachu say fuck. <laughs> but, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but you get you get the point of like I think like that movie represents, I think, its own unique, weird interpretation right. of the subject matter. Yeah. While at the same time being true to the subject like the corniness and the childhood wonder of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And I find that what makes it so appealing. Some of the Pokemon look really good. Some of they them do. look like very jarring. Yeah. It really depends. It's, I saw people complaining about Jigglypuff. I'm like, you are aware that Jigglypuff is a hairball, but when drawn in its original context, it's not it's shown that way. Yeah. I, I think that you would be very un- more uncomfortable if Jigglypuff was just a pink skin sack. <laughs> I would be like, more uncomfortable if Jigglypuff was just a skin sack. Just hyper-realistic skin <laughs> texture. <laughs> like, I think the thing is that they do a good job of trying to interpret the based on the animals these things are based on what their actual textures and appearance would look like. Bulbasaur looks fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and stuff like that. It's like, But I think like there is good ways to do it, 
and like it's silly it's fun like it's it's meant in a harmless way it's not this is our big this is where the series is going now it's just hey this is us having fun and showing an homage making an homage to a series that is as popular as it is yeah yeah that's why uh, i brought it up i agree i, I think so it's i think that's thing. why that movie I have never been offended by that movie. I just looked at it and says, this looks absolutely hilarious in every <laughs> so bit I, of context. I have one, one thing to add into this, and it's okay. the one thing that really matters, and it's money. So, yeah, true. Andrew talked about the new live-action remake of Avatar The Last <laughs> Airbender. That's the first I've heard of it, and I'm not excited. So what he mentioned was that the people, the original creators of the Avatar The Last Airbender show have more control over it. And here's the thing. Unless they are paying for it, then they don't have the maximal amount of control. They have exactly as much control as whoever's footing the bill says they have. They could have more control over the casting. They could cast whoever they want. But the production studio doesn't have to give their castings their paycheck. And then they have to try to find a way to convince their casting to work for free or pay them themselves, which can be very difficult. It, it mm. comes down to money. There are people who are putting their own money into this, and they're taking the risk, and they don't want to lose money to make something that could potentially just not be good. So the whole th- it, it comes down to the cash, right? Yeah. The studio is going to say, okay, we're putting X amount of dollars into this, which in today's climate, it's like, uh, what was Black Panther, like $500 million budget? Those people yep. that are putting in $500 million, they have a vested interest. $500 million vested interests into making <laughs> sure the movie isn't a flop. And those people that are putting in money to make Avatar The Last Airbender, they have vested interest in making sure it's not bad. Because I think they're not even Ava- that it's good or that it's not bad, just that it's profitable. At the end of the day, what matters is that they get their, re- they get their return on investment. Because if they don't then you're not going to get a TV show anymore. You're not going to get movies. If movies just stop making money, people are going to stop making them. Mm. I don't think anybody cares so much about movies to make a big-budget blockbuster that's going to flop. I think, too, uh, I think one thing with Avatar that has is it has brand recognition, and I think Netflix as a company would know that. And they also knew, would also be aware of the cinematic disaster that was The Last Airbender. How could you not be? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I think that they would be more cautious. The biggest thing I think that will determine whether that series will be good or bad, in my personal opinion, is how much of a budget Netflix is willing to give them. I think yeah. that Netflix probably understands that they need to give them almost entire creative control. I think in this situation, it's a little different. I think that they know. Especially, I say that looking at the fantastic animated series that Nan- that um, Netflix's band will do recently, like Castlevania was unbelievable. That was really good. I heard about that. Yeah, it's really good. I'm very happy as a That's Castlevania really fan to have that. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think that they're also doing Devil May Cry, which is going to be sick. Uh, but they have, um, but I think ne- this is a situation where it's just a little different only because I think that Netflix knows what went, what should know what went wrong the first time and should let these guys have. Because originally, what you said was the issue with that movie. Uh, D. Martino and Co. did had like no say over half of the things that happened in the last Airbender. That just became M. Night Shyamalan's fever dream, and it not even the good kind. <laughs> and it just tanked hard. And I think they realized that 
But I think the what's going to determine it is how much of a budget that Netflix will give them to play with. Right. They have the ability to give them God knows what. But I think just if they can if they can give them the budget it would be it can be pretty cool. Well, but if, budget budget is important, but it's not the deciding factor. Budget, like, I think like there's talent. I mean, you have talent. You could have a low budget. I'm going to throw the Dragon Prince out. I really liked it was what the it was the Avatar guys next project. It, you can tell their budget is nothing and no one, but like it's very low. But you can tell that they put there was a lot of effort put into writing characters and world building and dialogue that really made it made it seem real. Regardless, the, the mm-hmm. problem with that is just like budget does matter. Having a big budget is good, but it's not going to get you a good movie. There's a famous movie called Waterworld, which is a post-apocalyptic kind of deal where most of the Earth is underwater, and it was one of the absolute most expensive movies in the world at the time i think it might have actually been the most expensive and it was an absolute flop it's a it was just the the final cut that made it to theaters was really bad there's a director's cut that's a good movie not not 300 million dollars good movie but a good movie and Mm. but the movie flopped or it actually might not have flopped i think there was a whole thing where people uh, had a thing where it's like, let's go see this absolute disaster, and that sort of saved it. I'm fairly certain <laughs> well, it lost a significant a amount of money, though. Waterworld, media it had a as huge, a it had a huge budget, it had uh, big stars, it had a good crew, it had all these cool props, but that it was just a disaster. Just an absolute disaster. There's a, a, a YouTube channel called Good Bad Flicks, I've probably talked about them before, mm-hmm. and they did a whole expose, an exploring series on the making of Waterworld. And it's really funny to just watch a train wreck and just see all this, (laughs) these horrible things happen and watch this, these producers lose a lot of money. I think um, there's this weird phenomenon in media, uh, cult, I think cult classics, as is the term, Mm -hmm. uh, is like these things that just gain these weird followings. Let's look at The Room. Let's look at the... We watched. I watched it unfortunately again the other day. But I made my roommates watch Fateful Finding. Neil, Fateful Findings. Neil Breen's beautiful dumpster fire. Don't. Uh, no. And stuff like that. But I think things Stop. that we have made popular because they are bad. Yeah. It's Tristan very, brought one of these up in. I can't remember which podcast it was, but he was talking about uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I think that's a great YouTube movie. Oh my Don't you dare! God. Don't you dare! <laughs> <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a cinema. It's a great movie. Neil Breen is a terrible director, but don't you put respect on Killer Clowns from Outer I, Space one and two? You put respect I can't on their get over Just Neil Breen trying to deliver dialogue is probably the greatest experience. Of and my making himself life. a messianic figure in every single movie. He's Have you ever noticed made. every single movie he's made, except maybe like one or two, is literally just Neil Breen versus the government. Wait, how did we get from anime to this? Neil you, Breen. You let's, just, you let's just need to learn back. about Neil Breen. And he's basically Jesus in every movie. Yeah, Faithful and, Findings, he literally has psychic powers and uses them to tackle the government. And it's the funniest shit in the world. Dang. Uh, there's actually, a, I'll send you the scene later. There's a, line, a scene where his there's just random suicides throughout the whole movie. And they have no basically like no purpose except just Neil Breen killing off his entire cast. And you're just like, okay. But one of the, he finds the guy in the garage and he walks over and like scoops him up. And instead of having this heartfelt scene where he's found his friend dead, instead, in a monotone voice, he just goes, I can't believe you committed suicide. 
<laughs> and you're just sitting there, and he repeats this ba- the same way like three times, and it is hilarious. Okay, and you're okay. just sitting. Subs and, it and dubs not be no Andrew. Subs and anime. dubs. <laughs> okay, subs and anime? dubs both are fine. It depends on the studio. We all True. sort of agree on this. Yeah, sort of. Uh, same thing with manga and anime. I feel like it's like it. It depends. I guess that's the conclusion you, for today. It, it's is really it a conclusion. I think in conclusion, it really. I would say it really depends on just you as a viewer and how you like to consume media because you are special. Aw, thank you. So I feel I, better. I guess that's it for today. Um, <laughs> we we've done it, boys. We yeah, talk, we're coming we up about around subs that and dubs. We talked about manga. We talked about Neil Breen. We really did it all tonight. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris is Chris <laughs> is getting tired of us now. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm ready to Chris. shut this down. <laughs> His girlfriend is just in the kitchen, furious. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks for coming on the show once again, Andrew. Uh, we'll probably have you back on another day. Uh, you should have us on back. your podcast. Yeah, so like, that's what you, you guys get us to talk game? about. You Chris pulls out this tiny little box and says, "I play Battery Men." The Battery Men need to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that um, I think too is I think that um, uh, you guys need to bring me on for fighting game stuff too. Tag me in, boys. I have I'm multi talented. I have anime. I have video games. That's about it. Andrew, Help. you know I would fuck you up in Tekken. Okay, okay. Continue what you're I'm gonna saying. go get good so I could come over and make that not the case. My king is legendary. But that's the end of this podcast. This was Mountain Meditation Season 2, Episode 2, Anime Sub versus Dub. Are you a weeb? Are you not a weeb? Do you call other people a weeb, but secretly deep down you know you are? If you like this video, you can like it. If you dislike this video, you can do that. And if you want to talk about it, you can do that in the comments section. Send yeah, it to your friends. Send it to your enemies. Twitter? Send it to your Black mom. Black Clover friends, give me a crisp roast in the chat. Your anime sucks. Yes. <laughs> All right, see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.